So, finally, get to this conversation a little bit over here on this channel. The 15th overall pick in the NFL Draft, what should the Colts do with it? And this is kind of a funny topic, right? Because we can talk about what they should do with it, or we can talk about what they will do with it, and it kind of changes the discussion a little bit. Here's how we're going to approach it over here, as per the title, right? We are going to talk about what the Colts should do with it, because then it kind of turns into my opinion, our opinion, as opposed to what they will do with it. We'll keep the underlying knowledge of what they will do with it so we could have a productive conversation about the pick, right? Because one thing they won't do is trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. I know we all want it, but it's a waste of breath, okay? Any team that has the pick to get Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft, is not going to be stupid enough to trade back from what seems to be a generational talent at the position, not in today's NFL, not at wide receiver. It is not going to happen, okay? There's no need to talk about it. No need to waste our breath. I mean, it, we could sit here and live in the land of make-believe if we want, I guess. But, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have prime Jerry Rice on the Indianapolis Colts too, right? Hell, Reggie Wayne, if he was 15 years younger, it'd be nice to have him around playing a receiver as well, right? So we could sit here and talk about those things. I choose to take the productive route. And we do have quite a bit of time until the draft comes. So, again, I want to take this a little bit slow. We have the combine at the end of the month. We have the draft all the way at the end of April. but. This topic is important, of course, not just to the Indianapolis Colts, but for this channel right here, because it is going to fuel the content moving forward a little bit, because we are going to be covering as many possible Colts early round draft picks as possible over here. Not quite sure the format in which I'm going to do that, in, but I do want to have like in-depth discussion about some of like these possible prospects that we can see on these Indianapolis Colts. So when they're on the team, we kind of already have a little bit more knowledge about them and kind of have a better idea of what they could bring to the table. So we're not just sitting there saying, oh, we got a corner. He's going to be shut down. No, we're going to say this is this guy's skill set. And this is kind of how we see it fitting in. We'll be able to have that conversation from the second they come out of the draft, hopefully, if we do things right over here. But back to the convo of what they should do, right? Because this can be approached a number of different ways when you're talking about making a draft pick, right? You can just go right off the bat and say, which positions are the Colts? worst at. And for me, I would say that has to be safety, corner, I guess wide receiver, right? It's kind of an interesting discussion with the Colts because it seems, at least in my estimation, that it's not so much that the Colts have no players at any position. They have a few players at all positions, but there's just a few positions where we feel like there's a little bit left to be desired, right? It's corner, safety, wide receiver, and I guess the pass rush as well for a number of reasons, which we'll talk about as the episode goes on. So one, right? You could just say, which of these positions or which positions are the Colts worse at? Now, two, you could say which position or player makes the most immediate impact, maybe not pays the longest dividends moving forward, who makes the biggest impact next season, right? That's one way to approach the pick. Which position of need is actually the most important position, right? So between the pass rush, safety, corner, wide receiver, which of those is most important? That's who you should target in the first round. That's another way to approach it, right? You could say we need positions X, Y, and Z. This would be another way to approach it. We need positions X, Y, and Z, as I just listed. Which of these positions, based off of who's on the board at our pick, do we have ranked the highest? So maybe it's not so much we're locked in on a position, but instead we have rankings at all of these positions that we need. Whoever's the highest ranked and still on the board at the 15th pick 
is the guy we draft, or maybe we like another guy in the second or third. But you see how it could go a million different ways when we talk about who we should be drafting there. Now, none of those are the wrong way to approach it, by the way. I'm just trying to kind of display, right? Because people have disagreements, this, that, and the next. It doesn't mean one guy's stupid and one guy's smart. Sometimes it does. But other times, it's just kind of like a difference in the philosophy of how you approach the pick. There's plenty of different ways to skin a cat, right? There's a million different flavors of ice cream, and people are going to choose different ways to go about that. Now, of course, if Brock Bowers is on the board, which he won't be, but he's more likely than Marvin Harrison Jr., I suppose, because we know historically first-round tight ends don't exactly come in and make an immediate impact in the NFL. But if Brock Bowers is there, a lot of this conversation probably goes out the board. You probably just take that guy, right? You probably just take Brock Bowers because you know it's rare that a talent of his magnitude even shows up. It's not like you don't need a tight end just when you're talking about the first-round pick. Very rarely do you talk about drafting a tight end there. But if Brock Bowers were to slip, you know, our entire offseason of research is going to be all for naught, right? But I want to talk about each of the positions I mentioned at the top of the show. So as we move forward, we can start identifying some of these guys that we think the Colts might walk away with and kind of pick who we like, who we don't like, and have all those conversations in the comments section, right? But before we do that, you know what it is. I got to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride on the Bench Colts podcast. As always, I ask anyone watching this video on YouTube and enjoying it, go ahead, shoot it a like. It's going to help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. If you want to stick around for the journey, the goal is 3,000, a definitive goal. We want to get to 3,000 subscribers over here. Going into next season, that would be great. Audio version, leave a five-star review. Let the people know how much you like it. Most importantly, enjoy the show. Enjoy the journey. Let's talk about these Colts, baby, because this right here, is once again an important offseason. Last one, maybe a little bit more of a spotlight on it because they had drafted Anthony Richardson. But this one, all the same, we saw what the Colts can do. We saw how close we might be. This right here, with the way this division is going, the AFC South is the rising division in football. This is going to be must-see TV next year. The Colts have to make sure they nail this offseason so they don't fall behind because you got teams all over the place in this division looking to move forward and actually moving forward, right? The Jaguars, the Texans, sure, the Titans are on the downside, but of all four teams in this division, they've kind of been the best over the course of the past decade. That may be slightly inaccurate, but I have a lot of respect for what the Titans can do. I'm not ready to count them out just yet. So let's start with the first position and the one that I perhaps view as the most important, which for many of you who have been here uh, on this channel, know that I have defended this often, this position, right? And I'm talking about defensive end and pass rush. The Colts had a top pass rush unit in this league, right? One of the best, right? But the thing with them is that we don't have one guy that strikes fear into an opposing offense. One guy, like, for example, you hear Shane Steichen talk about a Max Crosby when they versed the Raiders. He was just saying, they said, what do you do? He's like, I'm not going to get into it schematically, but the bottom line is you have to know where he is at all times. You just got to know where he is. You can't lose track of Max Crosby. The Colts get their pass rush done at a high level, may I add, but they do it as a unit. They don't have a Max Crosby that you're game planning your entire offensive scheme on a given week around that one guy. The Colts don't have it. Now, that is why they were streaky in the pass rush. That is why sometimes, despite the fact that the numbers show that they were a big-time pass rush and they were a very, very, very good pass rush, they were not amongst like the scariest pass rushes because they could be streaky, because you couldn't rely on any individual guy getting home. But why I think this might be the most important position that we should be looking at in the draft. Now, I'm not sure if guys are going to be there, right? I haven't looked. I'm not like a college football aficionado, okay? Like, I'm not, I don't understand all of it. 
in terms of like, I don't know coming into a draft, all the prospects. I don't know them intimately. I kind of do all that work during all this dead time in the offseason. I just catch up on it. I don't think I need to dedicate my Saturday to watching college football to be able to look at the prospects and look at like full game footage, like in the off season and get the same effect. Right. It's just, it's just whatever a digression entirely. Right. But you look at the division, as I said, you got a guy, Trevor Lawrence, he's a stud. I know people think he's overrated. That's fine. I think he's overrated too. Trevor Lawrence is still a stud. Okay. CJ Stroud, obviously spectacular, probably the best quarterback in the division right now. I mean, I think if you put him on the Jaguars, that was easily going to be the team that won the division. Like, I think he's that good. CJ Stroud may already be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Is it premature? Sure. But we might look at it again next year and say, well, okay. I mean, that's who he was last year. I mean, that's how good CJ Stroud is. Will Levis, a lot of people don't like him. I'm not convinced he's the Titans franchise guy, but I'm not convinced he isn't, you know? So you look at the fact that we have all these young up-and-coming quarterbacks in this division hitting at the defensive end or pass rushing role is going to pay probably the most dividends in this division moving forward with all the great quarterbacks. And this is going to be something you need to compete in this division. If you don't have a pass rush in this division, it's not going to work out for you long-term moving forward. And that's for any team, not just the Indianapolis Colts, right? Nothing affects a quarterback's play like a consistent, tenacious pass rush. But the thing with the 15th pick, as far as that goes, is I don't want to draft another Quiddy Pay. And that's no disrespect to Quiddy Pay, right? He's good. But is he a first-round guy? Has he delivered on that level? Man, right? When you draft a guy four years ago to be a pass rusher for you and then coming into a end-of-the-season press conference from Chris Ballard four seasons later, he's saying, well, he needs work as a pass rusher. I mean, that's kind of an issue, right? It's kind of an issue. Now, if you told me that Quiddy Pay was a third- or fourth-round guy, like we drafted him in the third or fourth, the conversation would be different. I'd be very, very happy with what he had given us there. But if, if when we are talking about getting a pass rusher, part of the reason we're having that conversation is because Quiddy Pay didn't, hasn't quite, I don't want to say didn't because I don't want to count a guy out and I'm rooting for him, hasn't quite delivered on what we would have wanted from him as a pass rusher when we drafted him with that pick, right? So if we draft someone at the 15th pick with, or we draft a pass rusher with this pick, we're going to have to make sure that they could come in and make an impact immediately and outside or really off the top of my head, right? How often is it that on day one, a big time bona fide immediate impact pass rusher makes their way out of the top 10 picks? How often does that happen? I feel like those guys are usually top seven picks. I didn't go back and check the historical data on this. I'm just kind of, you know, spitballing right off the top here, right? Because I feel like it's just too rare and too valuable of a role to just have a premier bona fide star at pass rusher, right? A, 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 a la J.J. Watt and, and Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker was a number one pick who didn't deliver for the Jaguars. But this is where these guys go. People look at those top picks for those positions. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, right? I could, I could keep playing that game. I'm not going to because you're going to realize I'm very forgetful. But I know there are a few guys in the top 15. There's the kid out of LSU, kid out of Alabama, right? Uh, off the top of my head. And I don't know which of them is going to fit into the Colts scheme and who wouldn't. We're going to find out as... We start scouting over here, but the pass rush is one of those positions, I think, when you talk about the positions of need for the Indianapolis Colts, even if it's not the one they're the worst at of all those positions of need, and all those positions of need, I actually think the pass rush is the best, but it is also going to be the one in this division, in my opinion, that moving forward is going to pay the most dividends to have, so I wanted to point that out. Number two, let's talk about wide receiver, right? You look at the current roster that we have in place. You got Michael Pittman Jr., Josh Downs, Alec Pierce, 
as the core. All things considered, that's not like a scrub wide receiver unit, but we all do understand that it is missing a little bit of something. Now, Josh Downs, great in the slot. Michael Pittman Jr., assuming he's with the Indianapolis Colts next year, I'm not too worried about it. But if it were not to happen, then obviously this is a wide receiver pick in the first round, right? But if Pittman is on the roster, you do wonder if the Colts invest this pick there, right? But I do think it's something to consider, right? Because Alec Pierce, I like quite a bit. I think he gets a bit of a, like a bad rap from Colts fans. But when you look at kind of his targets over the course of a season, it does feel very often that he's not really open all that much, right? And as a receiver, your one job is to really, you have a job to catch the football, but you'd also like to be open. Part of the reason he doesn't get as many targets is because you feel like he's not always getting that separation, right? It would be nice to have a guy that could come in, be explosive, and really maybe put this offense over the top at the wide receiver position. It's something that in this league these days, you just can't have too many of these guys. You look at the Bengals, you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, or at least you had them for a period of time. Don't know if Higgins is still going to be there, right? The Vikings, they always have two guys, whether it be Stephon Diggs and Adam Thalen, whether it's uh, Stephon Diggs and uh, who, oh, goodness gracious, I'm losing my train of thought here. They have Justin Jefferson and, uh, and Jordan Addison, both studs, right? They had Jefferson. They still said we're going first round on a wide receiver. The Chargers had Keenan Allen. They said we're still going first round on Quentin Johnson. That was a bad pick, but nonetheless. Point being is there's nothing stopping the Colts from drafting someone here at wide receiver, even if they have Michael Pittman, even if they have Josh Downs. You can't have too many wide receivers. And if you were to take a guy here to put on the outside, no disrespect to Alec Pierce, man, but if you had Michael Pittman Jr., Josh Downs, and a first round pick on the outside at wide receiver, now you are cooking with fire in this offense even without a Brock Bowers or a tight end because we got guys like Kylan Granson and uh, Jelani Woods if he ever sees the field again. These types of guys, Jonathan Taylor, if I didn't say him, Anthony Richardson when he comes back. I mean, this is right. You're talking about an offense that was already way more explosive than it should have been, in my opinion, particularly with Garner Minshew at the helm. I mean, you're talking about potentially the best offense in the division if we were to draft a wide receiver here. Now, is that the most important thing in the world? I don't know, but hell, come on. It would be pretty good. So that's wide receiver. Corner, interesting, interesting position because, in my opinion, you look at the corner room right now for the Indianapolis Colts. Juju Brents and Jalen Jones look like two guys to build around at that position, but you can't deny the fact that, one, the depth of that position was horrific this year, right? So, for nothing else, drafting a guy in the first round would maybe allow the cream of the crop as opposed to being like Juju and Jalen. We need you to be the guys. We'd say, here's a first round corner. We now have a first round corner, Jalen Jones, Juju Brents. Dallas Flowers, as he works back from that Achilles injury, I may be forgetting someone, but let's leave it right there. Oh, Darrell Baker Jr., right? <laughs> let's leave it right there. And, you know, now we kind of let the best guy rise, right? So all of a sudden, let's say next year, our third corner is Jalen Jones. After this season, we happy about that, right? Let's say our third corner is Juju Brents. We're happy about that, right? So drafting a corner here would give the Colts a little bit of flexibility. And in the secondary, really not all that great. They weren't as bad as people thought they were in the second day, which I'm about to get into when we talk about safety. But there's no doubt there was something left to be desired. And when you have Gus Bradley out there, right, and, and the way he runs his scheme, which is just very much everyone has to execute. I don't hold that against Gus, by the way. A lot of people say, oh, everyone has to execute for Gus Bradley's scheme to work. Well, well fuck. Albeit, 
right? Lord forbid you ask these guys making millions of millions of dollars to go out there and do their job. I'm not holding that against Gus Bradley, but I do understand you got to put them maybe in a better position to succeed. Regardless, with the way we run this scheme, we're going to need corners that are sticky in coverage. A first-round corner, particularly when you look at the draft board, not going to start going through all the names, but there are guys right there that the Colts could draft with that first pick. It seems like a realistic pick. And now we go on to the safety. Before we wrap up the episode, this actually might be the Colts' biggest need. Safety was an issue for the Colts, right? But is it a pick for the 15th overall pick? That I'm not so sure about. This is kind of where trading back would come into play, but I'm not really all that familiar with the safeties in this draft yet either. So I don't even know if there's a first-round guy here. Historically speaking, first-round safety isn't always the move, right? There, there's exceptions. Uh, I'm trying to think like Keanu Neal comes to the top of my head. I would assume Ed Reed was drafted in the first round in more recent years, right? Brian Branch, I think, was a first-round pick, if not like the, the top of the second round. So it happens, and they have success. But overall, you know, first-round safety it really doesn't pay the best dividends. We saw over here Malik Hooker, who I thought was a spectacular prospect during that year. So I thought the Colts stole him, but that didn't work out. But that being said, the Colts were second in the league in explosive plays allowed. And that's despite being one of the top pass rushes in the league statistically and really being a middle-of-the-pack pass defense statistically. A lot of people looked and said, damn, the Colts' pass defense is terrible. It really wasn't. The Colts didn't have a a, a, a play-to-play coverage issue. They had a broken coverage issue. A lot of that comes from miscommunications on the back end and getting beat over the top. Those explosive plays, yes, some of them came from missed tackles in the flats on these screens and these quick plays where guys were turning a two-yard pass into a 20-yard pass. We understand that. But a lot of times it was just the Colts getting beat over the top. I mean, you look at the Nico Collins play in the last game of the season. First play of the game right over the top, beat, right? Cannot overlook how important safety is. Not sure they would draft one in the first round, but it's still going to be a position that I focus on or I'm going to try to focus on uh, to the best of my ability as we move into this offseason. I'm not like an expert scout, right? Just to put in perspective, the, the perspective you're going to get when we go through the offseason scouting, I am not like an expert. I did not play football at a high level. I'm a fan. I'm just like you, but I am a fan who played football from ages five all the way up to basically my senior year of high school when I was like, I'm in no danger of playing at a high level. Like I wasn't very good, right? But I've been obsessed with the game for that long. And I do feel I know what it is what I'm looking at. There's people who, of course, have forgotten more about football than I'll, I'll ever know. But I, I in, in the past, you'll see it this offseason for the first time. I've done pretty well uh, in, in many occasions when I kind of look at some of these prospects, particularly in the early rounds. Late rounds, it's hard, right? Pukunakuas exist if you find them good for you. I'm not going to find it most likely. But those are the four positions that I'm looking at with that 15th overall pick. They should be drafting one of those positions early. Safety, eh? those first three, though, pass rusher, wide receiver, corner, I'd be expecting them to go with one of those three in the first round. We're going to be talking about all of these positions as we move towards the draft and into this offseason. Curious to hear what you guys think. I know you guys in the comments are going to talk about players specifically. Let's hear it. Uh, but until next time, my name is Justin. This right here was the Ride in the Bench Colts podcast. And as always, go Colts.